0: 488. How's Sarah feeling? Great, really? Four, well, just oh, for 488.
1: You sake. Know. I it's fell like, right I know. into your sick I, you trap. Did. You, my sick trap. I'm feeling all right, mediocre. You know, mediocre. That's really fine. That's what we're looking for, right? Yeah, just like better than yesterday, optimistic about tomorrow.
0: I meant to tell you recently um, mm. that Peg, my mom. Yes. People keep texting me and commenting and saying like, how's Peg doing? Because yeah, Trump lost, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, so she was uh, with me the other day and I got a text from my friend Kelly and she's like, how's Peggy Because she calls her Peggy yeah. And I was like, oh, let me ask her, Peg, how are you doing with this um, Biden situation? And she's like, oh, I'm fine because um, Trump's got a plan and he will be mm-hmm. president any minute now. Like she's, it's over and she still thinks, which is probably very comforting for her. Right. And I'm like, fine, let him think that. Sure. Like, sure. Go ahead.
1: Because she didn't originally. Will be busy getting, you know, things approved and bills passed and stuff done. And
0: <laughs> whenever she had told me all the, the reliable prophets told her that he, you know, Trump would win, then yeah. she said, so if he doesn't mm-hmm. win, I'm going to have to know that these are false prophets. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so then I said, uh, So the the prophets, are we still well, where are we with that? <laughs> and checking she's in like, how those prophets. She's like, well they have a few basically it's like a few weeks in her mind
1: where okay. this could
0: all get turned around. Because she still believes that Trump won in a landslide and that there was all this fraud and stuff. And uh I'm like, it's weird how the whole Supreme Court didn't agree with that. <laughs> Even the people Trump Right. She goes, Well, I will say that was very shocking. <laughs> I will say. I mean, it, it's what it's like.
1: It's just this is this is the same thing. I got a call from my mom the other day and multiple text messages that were like, I can't. I can't. I need to talk to you. I'm fuming. And I'm like, what is going on? She struck a conversation like she does with these like millennials in Costa Rica that were, uh, you know, down there on vacation. Mm-hmm. She said, all of them are college educated. All right. of them believe that the earth is flat.
0: Oh, no. And she was she like, met
1: Sarah, ones. I, yeah, she was like, I couldn't. She couldn't. She was like, what, what, what are, tell me, what is this? It she was having how like all a hang meltdown. They melted
0: each other too.
1: Well, of course,
0: because they, they, anybody else would be like, mm. but you, it, it you stuck can't. with me what you said about the flat earth or documentary, how it oh. is. And I believe this is also true of QAnon and other such conspiracy mm-hmm. theories. It does make them feel like they belong somewhere. Yes. yes. They have a, sen- a community. It. Yeah. So what
1: else? Um, yeah. Okay. How's that shaman guy and his organic, all organic
0: diet. He's still uh, getting that. There <laughs> oh, that there. Guy, right. Mm. <laughs> Okay, so, so before I sort of dive into all of the things I want you to all learn with me, I want to know your opinion about um Elizabeth Smart being on the Masked Singer, the former kidnapping oh. victim, Elizabeth Smart. Yes. I You're like I
1: don't care. I mean, I I it's interesting. Just I'm kind of okay with it. I'm like mm-hmm. I'm More than okay with it in a way because I feel like even though, you know, we, there are so many crimes like that where where we've glorified. I think about all the documentaries Mm -hmm. I've watched about serial killers and the Night Stalker and this, that, and the other, and they're all centered around the killer as Mm -hmm. the main character and and it's like giving them all the attention. I'm okay and I like that the the person who's the victim is like no look at my life and look at how I'm thriving and let's talk about me and what's going on like who cares about that guy look at what I I'm, I'm dancing with the stars I'm like <laughs> yeah good she's a th- that's a thriver
0: I like that perspective Yeah are people not about it what are they saying Well when I first saw it I thought oh that's strange but I always really liked her and think she's sweet yeah. and everything so I was just happy to see, see she's doing well. Yes. And, uh, but then I saw a lot of tweets where people were like, "We've we're, this is the dumbest timeline, and we've reached peak like nonsense and all this stuff. And I thought, wonder what it is that bothers them about it?
1: Right. That I it, think mm-hmm. that's a good question to ask. And who's like, because what is it about it that bothers you? Do you not like that somebody who is a victim of a crime rose to celebrity status? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about, you know, and it's kind of apples to oranges, but like Monica Lewinsky, Mm -hmm. you know, there's. Mm
0: -hmm. I think maybe what they're referring to is how this uh, 24-hour news cycle makes celebrities out of mm -hmm. unwitting people and, Mm -hmm. and and the perpetrators. And it's sort of a weird thing. Mm -hmm. And then by putting her on a reality show, you're really kind of solidifying that if you're a victim of a crime, you might become a celebrity too. And that's odd.
1: I watched, and I can't remember if it was an episode of Law and Order, like a movie or something like that, Mm -hmm. that talked about, it was, there was a scene where it was the perspective of a wife whose husband was the victim of a murder and what happened at, and how she like lost everything and and just that became mm-hmm. the story of their life and i'm sure it was a movie and it we re, we re, it really only gets told in one direct you only hear the story where it's like sad stuff you know i, I this is somebody who You know, and so often those stories about, uh, you know, a crime or about something that happened are written by, um, you know, there's like those all those uh, true crime writers and things like that. She wrote a book, right?
0: Yes, she did.
1: Yeah, so she chose to tell her story and chose to put herself in the position of a survivor and sharing her experience. And so I think she is not famous because of what happened to her. She's famous because of how she reacted and what she did as a response to what happened to her and how she kind of took charge and took made that story hers instead of something where she was just a character in it.
0: My hope, though, is if we're going to do this, if we're going to sort of have this be a thing where Mm -hmm. victims of crime become pseudo-celebrities, it would be nice if we didn't just include white blonde women. This is True. Absolutely,
1: one hundred percent true.
0: Yeah. Yes, because that's and part of pe- why oh. she's like seen. God, as that makes
1: my stomach hurt for a sec. The
0: old, she's a, was the ultimate victim because she was this little blonde girl in a Mormon family in Utah. It's like the last mm-hmm. person you'd think would be stolen yeah. from her bedroom. So, yeah. people you know, are less shocked from
1: my my epi- my episode my season of the real world or yeah. my yeah my real world. His brother dated her.
0: Right. I kind of remember that. Yeah. How, well, makes sense, but it's still weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was. When
1: he told me that, I was like, and I think it was before she had really started right. talking about it As and everything an adult, it was kind of like, hush, yeah. hush. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm well, happy she's doing well and I just wanted you yeah. to weigh in and I liked your point of view. So glad
1: we yeah, saw You know, I'm trying to, yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> at least heard Sarah's
0: ideas. i love it i i just think it's up for debate and and someone could make if someone synthesized why they found it offensive and then i I saw it from a new point of view i could be convinced i just didn't know what the point of view was that people were so offended by like if we have carol baskins on there
1: (laughs) i feel like we can have this woman on there yeah i'd much rather have elizabeth smart right it feels like although i mean the outfits alone for the
2: Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
0: Okay. Any Hoodles. Um, Like you, last episode, you said you saw a movie that was amazing, and I thought you were going to talk about the one I'm going to talk about, which was a documentary on, let's see, I think it's Amazon Prime, Mm. called Some Kind of Heaven, and it is about... This place in Florida called The Villages, which is the largest retirement community in the world. Uh huh. It has 130,000 residents. Whoa. So it's like a small city. A city. Or, yeah. It's a proper town. And the way that the film is shot, it looks like an actual scripted movie. Like it's on sticks and it's just very artistic and colorful. Mm. You know, like think of a pink flamingo or Palm Springs or something, and then picture that as like an entire documentary. Yes. Lily Pulitzer documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really visually beautiful and compelling. But what makes it so fascinating is that this place, the villages, is pitched as Disney World for older people. Some people call it heaven's waiting room.
1: It's oh. like
0: where can you- I move there? Yeah, right. I thought of you because I'm like, this is where Sarah and I are gonna live. Because yes, it, it, they have everything. It looks utopian. It looks yes. super fun. Everyone's um, dancing and enjoying music, and um, they have even like golf cart drill team where they do these fucking like synchronized oh swimming God. type things in the yes, golf cart. Susie. How much longer until we get to be there? So. You know the idea is, and the Florida humidity worked, is
1: great for my hair, so
0: I'm ready. <laughs> Let's go. You are going to have curly girl retirement. Yes, oh, I love um, it. But you know the idea is that after you've worked your whole life, you go to this place and you can finally enjoy the spoils of having saved enough money to live in Florida. But what I love about it is it really focuses on the idea that your problems don't leave you just because you go to a Disney Uh world for old people that there's still loneliness and Mm. despair and frustration and relationships are still complicated even when you're old. Yeah. And you kind of like really see how the human condition follows you no matter how much money you have. Oh, so true. Whatever. And so, it was so thought-provoking. I just couldn't get it out of my head. Because, like... Interesting. I I can't wait to see this. Like, this one I old guy, yeah. he he's 81, and he doesn't actually live at the villages. He lives in his van, and oh. he just goes to the villages to try to get a rich old lady to marry him.
1: Oh! Oh, my God. But, like, if you're a rich old lady...
0: Well, he's kind of... A, he's
1: I mean, attractive. how different is this than the fuckboys who, you know, we've all
0: he's not a bad looking guy. Like he, for an old man, he's hot. And so, okay. You're kind of so like, we know wow. how Susie likes older guys. So, <laughs> 80 80's my limit though. He's 81. So he's okay. out of my range, you. out of your range, but I don't know. Huh. It was just really. Cause maybe cause I'm having a midlife crisis. Do you ever think about what you'll be like as an old lady? Yeah. I think like,
1: I'm probably going to be like my mom. I mean, she's not an idiot, but, yeah. like, outspoken. And, you know, we talked about this spirit. the other day. Like, the older you get, you just, like, don't give a shit about what other people think. Like, I the older I get, the less and less I care. I'm like, if if I'm not your cup of tea, fucking don't drink it. Like, <laughs> don't get other tea. Wait, I gotta write that down. <laughs> uh, is that a Sarah original? No. I, I think, I mean, I don't, I, that, I'm sure it's on a shirt somewhere. It sounds <laughs> like somebody should say that.
0: Cause I'm sure that I'm not the is first, a good mantra. Yeah. That, that's gotta be a thing. But okay. So, when, how old was your mom when she started having kids though?
1: 30. Oh. Years old or 31. Get uh, out of I'm here. Old, 57. She was, and I was born in six. Yeah. She was 31.
0: Okay. I was yeah. thinking, did you of, think older or younger? Younger, because you know, back oh. in the day, people had kids y- younger, yeah, yeah. Like my mom no, was, 20, was 21, I think. Wow,
1: yeah, and but so my mom was like, you know, like out being a tour guide in Europe and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, like
0: wow, yeah. she was ahead of her time because that's yeah. more typical now,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, well, and so was my grandma. Like, my grandma was divorced and you know, like free spirit. Like, I mean, she tells me stories. Right. My grandma said. My grandma's husband at the time was working down in um, Panama and they did not allow, and he was somehow involved in the military, Some like he was an architect and he was doing some kind of construction in the military or for some military project and wives were not allowed to come. And she was like, fuck it. So she took a train from uh, LA, like Pasadena, all through Arizona, all through Central America, All the way down to Panama by herself and tells me when she was like 22, 23. Back then, my grandma died on her 99th birthday. So this was like, she was,
0: this is a long time
1: ago. And she said she had so much fun dancing at all of the nightclubs and and she had a great time with the locals. And I mean, so she was like a badass bitch before, like that was even a
0: thing. Yeah.
1: So it runs, it's, it's, we got like the 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 independent, free spirited woman, like, in the blood
0: because I was worried, so I'm like, probably gonna be like that by the time our kids are out of our hair like we're gonna be so old though what are we gonna do yeah I'm gonna problem? be a million right, I'm gonna that's like I'm, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna be my mom said that to me the other day she was like you know you're gonna be an old mom and I was like <sighs> I know mom she's like you don't want you need to start having kids because you're gonna be an old mom I love
0: I was like, when fuck people say stuff that like as if you don't know how old you right. are right
1: I was like yeah I know, Mom. I've done the math. And I know when you, you – she's already had all her kids by the time she's my my age. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to be so tired at, like, uh, soccer practice or whatever. Gonna yeah,
0: like, we're going to have to figure that out. Maybe
1: they can I, come I with know. us to
0: the villages. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's – we'll see. So, you know, luckily, like, Rin's younger than me. He's got energy. He'll handle it. maybe.
0: <laughs> Yeah, right. Sarah's a cougar. <gasps> you run the dogs. You run the dogs. Or
1: the dogs. I don't know. I was thinking about the only thing like, about me running <laughs> around with Bo. And even that, I'm tired. I'm like, oh, go, you go. Around. So, no, my children, children. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Just watch the film and see what you think because it really yeah, is thought-provoking. I, I don't know. Probably because of my yeah. midlife crisis.
3: <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this.
0: goths goths g-o-t-h goth oh goth oh aging goths
1: oh my gosh Uh, this is a funny topic it is one of one of the funniest things to me are which I I, there's got to be an Instagram account of this goth people hiking (laughs) Because I love to hike and there, every now and then you'll see what right. sometimes you'll see the whole group of goth people who have gone hiking or you'll see the one goth family member who is clearly dragged on right. the trip. Doesn't want to I there. love,
0: love the goth hiker. Well, cause goth, so great. goth, um, wardrobe is not great for, uh, any kind of physical activity or heat. Right. So that's a lot a of layers,
1: a lot of layers, <laughs> a lot of black. We do have the option of a a, a parasol, which kind of helps. I have seen those. I I saw those. I saw this on the uh, Trail of a Thousand Giants when I was in Sequoia with Ren. No, a
0: goth with a parasol. Yeah. Wow. Bless them. Okay. Yeah. I guess I never thought about what happens when goths grow up. And (laughs) because you just picture them in high school. I bet. Way
1: good skin, not a lot of wrinkles. Good job staying out of the sun. (laughs) Not only
0: that, but this article is in the Washington Post. Really, you're going to love it because it was making the point that because goth personalities embrace the full spectrum of emotion, including despair, loneliness, gloom, Mm -hmm. that by doing that, instead of repressing it, It paradoxically makes them happier and healthier. I will bring back Tuesday
1: sacrifice. You see? Okay. (laughs) Suze. Now, you know what I'm, this is making me think that that's a coping strategy.
0: What is that
1: being goth? Oh, think about the age where most people do that. Right. Really like dive into that, like identity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely a coping strategy. Like yeah. maybe I'm dealing with something and like, you know how, what, what I've noticed as a therapist is, associate therapist, uh, God, I still have so many hours to do. Anyways, it's another story. Um, uh, what I have noticed is that, oh my God, now I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about how many goddamn hours I have to do. Okay. Ah. We're talking about, uh, uh, oh, really like, oh, yes, yes. Because, because a coping what strategy. I see is that people develop coping strategy. This is the human, the human uh, uh, condition, like what mm-hmm. we do. Mm-hmm. We develop coping strategies totally un- that we're totally unaware of right. that are like workarounds, like the things that I've had to develop with ADD mm-hmm. and that I didn't right. know were things that I've done that were workarounds because my brain works differently in that way. What would be an way? example um, for that? Like always sitting in the front of the class. Right. I always did that, but I didn't know that I had, I didn't know why until I really examined. Well, I have to do that because if I don't, I can't pay attention and I'll, you know, daydream and I'll be like, I I have to sit in the front. I have to ask a bunch of questions and be engaged or else my mind will just, I have no idea what's going on. So it's like.
0: Right. So you eliminate distraction. Yeah. But it was unknowing and subconscious. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And
1: it would have just said, oh, Sarah, like, She, um, she's just
0: a keen bean. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And it was kind of like a work. So things like that, or even. Right. So, so yeah.
0: So I think, I think it's
1: like that we do things that are to comfort ourselves and to soothe ourselves. And we don't even know. And then sometimes I think when we look back, like retrospectively of like, "Hmm, what was I going through during that time? What did I need? And you can kind of put the pieces together. Oh, it makes sense that during a time when I was feeling really. Uh, a lot of emotions. I was feeling a ton. I turned to a style and a look that embraced those emotions, just like you said, and exper- like expressed the full range. Mm-hmm. And it made it feel like like it's okay to have those kind of feelings. And it normalized them and it totally let me process them even if I didn't know that I. that's what I was going after that for.
0: I was super shitty to goth like the goth subculture in my mind growing up because mm-hmm. to me it it rang as like self-pitying and mm. sort of like they wanted to be different like counterculture but I was like you're yeah. not different because you all look the same but mm-hmm. now I see it with greater greater nuance and compassion, and yeah. I was, is this
1: because you like Noel from Great British Baking Show?
0: I mean, I guarantee you that has had an effect on me because he yeah, is right? the best. Uh huh. But he, he really also is. doesn't have the self pitying or like morose mm-hmm. tone or attitude. He's funny and silly, so it's like the best of both worlds. But yeah, but sometimes goth people are like that too.
1: Are they? Yes, at least tell my friends. Why do they always seem
0: so sad?
1: It's just the look. It's just like the the resting bitch face look. It's like
0: that. (laughs) Well, and in this article, it said, it speaks to this because it says that their ability to find humor and irony and beauty in these supposedly ugly sources, like let's say you see flowers growing outside of a cemetery or... Mm -hmm. Um, the absurd frailties of the aging body, that it it makes them better able to cope with the crap that life inevitably brings. Mm -hmm. And that it, they also have a great community spirit. So like during COVID, they all meet on Zoom calls. They do like Zoom goth parties or whatever the heck they call it. I love it. I do too. I
1: like a great, I like community however you find it. And if it's through, you know, there's like all those different styles that, that,
0: I, I like that, do you think I'm wrong about the self pitying part like is that a fault like I misunderstood them? Mm. you know
1: uh, there' and I feel like that you have to then either f- even further narrow down the the subcultures. So, yeah, like,
0: right? there's, there's emo
1: kinds. and goth oh. because I almost feel like emo is more of that, like mm. the Smiths and Bright, that, like, like whiny dire. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, goth, I feel like, is more playful in itself just because it's more co- like there's more of a costume element to it or more of a like a fantasy yeah. I- element. I-, I don't know. I could be, I mean, that's just like, I get kind what you're of my saying. take on it as Tuesday Sacrifice, but you know. How can you be a parasol? You're in a parasol. How can you be sad?
0: <laughs> it's adorable. I think they would argue too that anyone that's hap- quote unquote happy all the time is faking it. So they're yes. being honest. If they're sad, they don't fake it. Well, and you know what? This is something that
1: I work on with clients too, and and mm-hmm. and is people will say, "Well, I just want to be, I want to be happy." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. well, what does that look like? What is that? Is that?" What is it like if you have somebody who's happy all the time? Is that realistic? Is that, and let's, can you be? Is that maybe setting yourself up for? Do you think you can
0: be happy all the time? Well, not no. happy, but like joyful.
1: You can, uh, we're all going to experience a full range of emotion. Mm-hmm. We, it's kind of like the thing we talk about with, um, mindfulness practice and the experience of pain and how and suffering and how pain is a part of the human existence but our resistance of that pain is what creates the suffering Mm -hmm. so if we just say yep this is a pain moment yep death is part of life yep you know like mm, the roses die whatever it is like Mm -hmm. if we can just minimize the the resistance to that pain Mm -hmm. then we decrease our suffering and in decreasing our suffering we increase our joy Yeah. But you can't, it's yin and yang. You can't have the joy without, and the the perfect example of that is Inside Out that does such a good job of highlighting the importance of sadness in our happy moments and Mm -hmm. how even the moments of sadness usually lead to moments of happiness and joy. Mm -hmm. We need that balance and that. Oh, my heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yay, Goths.
0: What makes a life a good one? Okay, any hoodles. Um do you want to hear how about the history of peanut butter? Oh, peanut
1: butter time! peanut butter God, it's time. Like Celine Celine clip. It's so good. I go back to that Celine <laughs> clip every now and then just for fun because and then I posted about it it's in my highlights reel, it's saved under like the brain candy or whatever, because it was so funny that you introduced <laughs> me to that. And I think in that meme I say, or in that post, I'm like, it's funny because she either A, has a hilarious, like she's referencing the family guy, or she's referencing an old school meme. Either way, I like, or she has no idea,
0: which is even funnier. All of those options, I'm, I love- So the best recently, my mom said to me, Hey, you know how you're really good at like contacting celebrities and getting them to like acknowledge you. I'm like, well, yes, I am. And she said, do you think you could do that for me? I'm like, sure. Who do you want me to contact? And she said, Celine, I can't (laughs) believe it. She before Trump, (laughs) (laughs) right. And I'm like, like, you know what? I got to say there is a limit to my ability. And it's about that. (laughs) level uh, <laughs> Selene, i on. love it you should just like go
1: straight to the top like i'm like what do you want to
0: say to her music royalty what does she want to say she's like i just think she's so nice and um she's just so inspiring and her music is so beautiful i'm like i'm sure she knows all that already <laughs> you, you should tell
1: her that she didn't vote for trump
0: Ooh. i mean i know she's canadian but she probably would be okay with it because oh for like she loves me well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's able to look past it. So you, Celine, same, same. All <laughs> right. I think we would all agree. We're like two people in a Yeah. Okay. Anyway, peanut butter. Okay. This was on SmithsonianMagazine.com. And it was saying, first of all, uh, peanut butter began with the Incas, but like, flash forward, fast forward to like modern world. It was mm-hmm. the Kellogg, you know, the guy that made the cereal. Yeah. Who got the and patent? And wasn't that an accident anyway? Um, I don't think it was an accident, but it was like... Oh the- no, that
1: was the penicillin yeah. or something from cereal. Oh, okay, that never was mind. John- <laughs> Yeah, def- different guy. Different. That was like an act. I know there was somewhere cereal and this is involved, and I don't. Know, I can't remember. But
0: well, Kellogg maybe? got the patent I I- for like basically whizzing up peanuts and adding some salt and making a spread. So that he could feed it to the patients at a sanitarium that he was running. Whoa. I know. It's bonkers. And the idea of... I don't even... And you know how I feel that peanut butter can make you choke. I think that's the last thing they should be eating.
1: This makes me think that maybe the dental hygiene of people in there was the issue. Well, because why would you need to grind something up into a paste? (laughs) They're really, I'm like looking for why they would need to do this. They're looking for a protein dense, like our nutrient dense thing to feed them. Yeah, like that's, baby food. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But don't they know about the choking <laughs> hazard? Uh, well, it's, peanut butter being a new invention, probably not a lot of time to get some uh, anecdotal evidence should, on the case. I of- should
0: record my mom talking about why peanut butter is a choking hazard. Because yeah, I
1: mean, I, she's not wrong. I get
0: it. it you seems do. Like it it. gets sticky in your throat. Yes. But why you're did not I, Why choke did you judge me when I told you that? My oh, fear- no judgment.
1: Uh-oh. D- no, <laughs> Sue's. No, uh, please, I, 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 I get nervous when I eat apples and I'm all alone in the house. <laughs> Stop it. I don't know why apples to me. I. You know what it is? It's because every movie, they're always. It's always like. In the cartoons and stuff, somebody's eating an apple and then they gotta do the Heimlich and it's a piece that flies out. It's always like an apple in cartoons. Yeah, why? So I think that Are they scary? I think it's kind of like what like quicksand did for me. Like I think, oh my god, <laughs> it's so dangerous, but it's not. And like I, in my mind, I'm like, ah, I better not eat apples. I'll definitely choke because that's what people seem to choke on <laughs> oh, in every god. single cartoon. But I do get nervous sometimes. One time, I like inhaled a piece of the skin and it like went down the wrong tube, and I I had that moment where I did like the <gasps> you know yes, like that, that gas, and I me. had. A, terrifying and i was by myself and that was when i was like oh shit i gotta like be careful like what if you choke when you're by yourself i know you fall in the back of the chair and all that (laughs) but i don't know I can just hear people because this is what know, my, my friends what will I tell thought. me. They they tell me, like, they listen to the show and then they, like, talk at me to it because, like, my friends will be like, well, I feel like I'm just, like, talking to you. So I'll be like, no, Sarah, you actually just, like, lean on the chair. So I have to talk to my friends and right. all listeners who now are my friends uh, about what I know you're all thinking. Yeah, so. but I think
0: you're right. Like, I don't think that would really work. No. Yeah. Yeah. It'd have to be, like, a really big piece. And also, I don't have those kind
1: of chairs. <laughs> I have, like, a high-back chair that I would have to, like, get my stepladder and then jump off of. Like, it was, like, WWE. And I'm, like, jumping onto the freaking like, ropes. Please do this and post a video. Oh, my God. That would be so funny. i us just do, like, what it would look like for me to do myself the high
0: look. Wait, I'm going to raise the down. chairs. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God. That's so great. Okay, uh, wait. Focus. Okay. So then... <laughs> So that it said that he had elite clientele like Amelia Earhart and Henry Ford. So, mm-hmm. but why were they at the sanitarium? Question mark. I don't know. Exhaustion, like a oh yeah, <laughs> wink, 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 wink. But that because these are high-profile people that made peanut butter a delicacy. It was like a fancy food at the time. Well, there goes my te- my
1: need no teeth uh, <laughs> theory.
0: I cannot shake.
1: Like, I mean, we don't have Amelia Earhart's dental records, so
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we just learned something about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh, somebody Photoshop Amelia Earhart with no teeth, please. Yeah,
1: have you seen those those things like Tom Cruise and no teeth?
0: All oh, those no. pictures are
1: funny. They crack me up. Like you just like it's the same with like people without eyebrows. Like when they just right. Photoshop the just eyebrows wrong. out, like things. It's weird. Okay, oh, that's then, funny. Yes. I'm never gonna let you finish a story. Like it's <laughs> gonna take uh, two episodes to get through the history of peanut butter. Who knows? It's like four sentences you have.
0: Can't even get okay, through them. so then it became more popularized because they were meat rationing during World War One. Mm. So that made sense. Yeah. And then some dude um figured out that you could partially rehydrogenated whatever. You know how I don't know how you would say that. Yeah, rehydrogenate. Yeah. Um, so then it made it more shelf stable and then mm. this was crazy. So peanut butter became popular for soldiers, which makes sense. It's like a protein dense, you know, uh, convenient food. But if apparently when people from America are traveling abroad and they can't find peanut butter, they go to military bases because they know they can find it there for sure. Oh, that's a good tip. Interesting. If you're ever... Now- I
1: was under the impression that somehow George Washington Carver wasn't involved in this.
0: Yeah, he was. He made all these different sort of like inventions and innovations with peanut butter. And he was really like most excellent black people ahead of his time and kind of like nobody really listened. But it turned out he was right because he he was using peanuts for all sorts of things with farming. I don't really understand it because he's way smarter than me, but something about like rotating crops. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The kind of crop it is. And yeah. He was just like a badass
0: who was like too smart for his own good, especially because no one was probably listening because he was black. Yep. Yep. But yeah, he is a peanut butter savant. And I was shocked that in 2020, peanut butter finally outsold jam in the UK. And I couldn't believe it because like when I was, you know, I'm, I'm married to a British man and he talks a lot about how peanut butter is this stereotypical American food. And now it's starting to really get popular in other countries as well that had typically seen it more like Vegemite or something.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Now, are you peanut butter or almond butter?
0: Oh, I mean, I guess I go with the classic, but I'll eat either one. Peanut butter. What about you? Crunchy or smooth? Smooth. Okay. Creamy. What do you like? Creamy. You're like Um... crunchy almond.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. Depends on what I'm going for. Yeah. Um, like on a banana, I like crunchy. I like a on little a texture. Banana, oh my gosh, that so good. That seems like a double choking hazard. <laughs> Probably.
3: Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today.
0: All right, so we learned about peanut butter. Um, okay, so then I read this article about... The idea of dream jobs, which you know is still a thing people sort of talk about, like, oh, I want to get my dream job, or I finally got my dream job, and how like they're never really as good as you hope, right? And it was, I think it's such a good thing because remember how I told you about in that book, Can't Even by uh, Anne Helen Peterson, how Mm -hmm. the idea of like, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life is Mm -hmm. a lie that was told to everybody and then it made us sort of chronically available for work and able to be exploited. And this article sort of falls into that same philosophy, which is that like, remember when there was this contest, I don't know if you read about it, where a lighthouse was looking for lighthouse keepers that could live there, run the lighthouse, and they would be paid $130,000 a year. It was like a... It went viral. It was sort of like, mm-hmm. wow, wouldn't that be cool to live in a lighthouse and be paid for it? Mm-hmm. And they had interviewed the people that got the job and how they work like 80 to 90 hours a week. And they have to like do all this crap that, you know, isn't very glamorous or soothing. And they sort of use that as an example of how we're all seeking something <sighs> that just doesn't exist. Well, you know what?
1: I think sometimes we don't know about, there's the, the parts of the job that are visible. I think about is like the invisible labor thing, you know, yeah. like there, I love what I do as a therapist. Love it. There's no other job for me. The, there are parts of it that are like Oh my gosh! i gotta like do all these notes and I gotta do all these like a the, lot of the um like the red uh, tape. Like back of the house stuff mm-hmm. and like you know work with insurance companies and follow up with this and It's just like when I was fantasizing about being a therapist when i w- was you know going to therapy and I'm like, "Oh, I could do this, I had no idea what the that you'd spend one hour with the client and then three hours doing the other stuff, and it's like part of it, and so you know you love it and you do it all but I can definitely see if you had um, unrealistic expectations of what that job really entailed. Like, I think about people who even say, oh, I want to host a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay.
0: Right. You ready to work? (laughs) Because there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And, you know. Like, how we imagine a job will be is very different than how it actually is. Yeah. And they used an example of, like, park rangers. And how, you know, it's really nice to be able to be out in nature all day, but they say you kind of get paid in sunrises and sunsets because you make like $0.00 and 0 cents. And a lot of them retire from that profession at age 26 when they can't be on their family's health insurance anymore. Oh my gosh.
1: You know, I did see a lot of very young park rangers and things like that, uh,
0: which is you cool. Know. Like when you're young, yeah. knock yourself out. But it's not, yeah. you can't keep it because it's, it's not, not sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. And how, the wow, one park racer they spoke to said, it's not the same to go on a hike in a uniform as it is when you go on your day off. It's just different. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of that, that it changes things. And I feel like I'm, the passion yeah. and purpose, like mm-hmm. mantra is really what white-collar, upper-class people do. Like, oh, it's my passion. Yeah. It's yeah. just not afforded to lower-income people or often people of color. Yeah. Like, we're not Well, you know about what whether- I go down
1: to? Well, the, it... it Oh, my gosh. This has been something I've been... Uh, I think maybe I talked about this last time. Or maybe we talked about this... I don't know. But Maslow's hierarchy of needs... Yeah. ...is what that makes me think of. And how... On that, in that hierarchy, the things at the bottom, so it's like a food period, you know, like a pyramid. Yeah. And bo- at the bottom, the thing, the most basic that we all need first, like we can't get the things on the next levels or the higher up levels without first handling the things on the levels below. Mm-hmm. So basic needs, physiological needs, food, water, warmth, rest, number mm-hmm. one. Next, safety needs. So security and safety that means security and safety financially, security and safety. Are your children healthy? Like, do we have, you know, babysitters? Do we have da- daycare? Do we have all that? Then then you have the psychological needs, like the, up above that is belongingness and love needs. So intimate relationships and friendships. And then above that, esteem needs. So prestige and feelings of accomplishment. And then the very top, Self-fulfillment needs, so self-actualization and achieving one's full potential, including creative ideas. So when you have, when you come from a, uh, just, uh, when you're white, when you have privilege, yeah. when you come from a wealthy family, when you, you know, have resources, the first two, sometimes even three of those are already taken care of. So you can work on esteem needs and self-actualization. When you have to work on physiological needs and safety needs, self-actualization is not going to be a a priority. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) it would be wonderful if you could get it all from one place, Mm -hmm. but that you're kind of being sold a bill of goods. And like one of the things they say to look for is anytime a company uses the sort of like family language, like we're all mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And people do this on the challenge too. We're all one big dysfunctional family. No, we're not. We're not right. <laughs> we're not in a family because if I needed you, literally right. no one would be there. Right. And when
1: I have the uh, the Right. Right. Oh uh-huh. it's a game, Which Sarah. Is fine, it's a game.
0: But... Yeah. So yes. anytime like and it's very popular in, like, the tech millennial sort of um, upstart companies where it's like, we want it to be a family atmosphere, which means, like, you have to be there all the time, but no one's going to be there for you. That's not a family. That's yep. exploitation. <laughs> so yes, be aware about that, too. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the answer is of of how to...
0: I think we need to change our expectations.
1: Well, absolutely. And then... Yeah, change our expectations. And I think you're so right when you've talked about how, you know, millennials are always on with this whole gig kind of
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, economy. What economy? Mm -hmm. Thank you. That we're always on call and the job is never up. So we don't have these boundaries for our free time and our enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that is, is, Mm, more important maybe than love what you do. Uh, Maybe you don't love what you do, but have good boundaries so that you have times to do something you love. Even if it's just, you know, cuddling with your kids at night and reading a bedtime story or whatever it is. And quality, not quantity. Right. Because I know for some people who are working two jobs and like, it's hard to carve out that time.
0: Right, and or set those a lot boundaries. of times you're set up to fail. Yeah. And pe- a lot of times the people who, you know, want boundaries aren't in a position to ask for them or demand them. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. a shitty situation, but hopefully we'll get some changes made in the way that the work home life. I I know it's bad now because everyone's working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, hope, I don't know. Did you see that tweet that said um, when COVID is over? is starting to sound the same as when I win the lottery. Yep. I sure
1: did see that. And I was like, damn, that, that, I felt that.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what to make of that. Well, let's not go down that road. It's too depressing. Right. Yeah. We just have to, um, uh, like you said, I think it all comes down to
1: changing expectations and resetting our goals and looking at more things that bring us, it's like, um, meaningful interactions and some meaning making out there in the world.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Speaking of um, the pandemic, I read this article about, I think it was in the New York times and it was how baby names have been uh, skewed as a result of, you know, as always, whatever's going on in the world has an impact on what we name our children. Um, And they were saying that they're trying to be more positive. So they are choosing these names with meanings that are like inspirational. Mm. I'll I'll give you some examples. Okay. So first of all, it said there were about 4 million more page views on the baby name site during the nine-month period after the start of the pandemic in March.
1: I have literally been one of those views. (laughs) Ren Ren and I had a conversation about baby names the other night and about changes in them and how well this it's so interesting that you bring this up we were wow. just talking about this. Yeah. Well
0: you're one of the 4 million then. Yep. And they were saying that they're people you we don't know the data yet on what they're actually naming the children but we know what they're searching for. So Oh. Zora for example, it means dawn and it suggests new beginnings is up 40%. Oh. Um Alma, which is soul mm. in Spanish is up 37%. Lucius, which connotes light, is up 24%. Other risers include Vivienne, which means alive or lively. Oh, my goodness. Aurora, which is the goddess of the sunrise. Felix, Mm -hmm. which is happy. Frida is peaceful. Zuri is good. Um, And then place names like Cairo and Milan are also on the rise, I guess, because people want to travel. Miss vacation. And like names that represent optimism and strength like Gods and goddesses, Adonis, things like that. I like this. Biblical names. And then certain ones are in the decline that sound like they like obviously Corona, but Lachlan yeah. sounds too much like lockdown. Oh. Stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. It's so interesting.
0: They were saying, I love
1: the the study of baby names because it's like a mirror. It yeah.
0: It tells and you like what's going on.
1: I believe you said you were talking about an article on this many, many episodes ago. And you said it was one of the only things that you can like own or have ownership of, but you don't buy. That There's no, it doesn't cost anything, but it, there is a, it's yours. And there's also, there are there were patterns in baby names and different socioeconomic groups and their naming of them. It's so like we would see more popular names in like upper cl- like these hoity-toity yeah. groups names. And then those would become the more yeah, like common Tiffany name, was the names. I yeah. I remember. And, then, and it was just that I was telling Ren this and that was just so fascinating to me that we, we can look at that because yeah, you can give your kid any name you don't have to like buy. It's not, there's no value, like no yeah. money to it, but right. it's something that you own and have and is
0: yours. And it's just interesting. And like they were saying that people are obviously, there's always been a history of people naming their kid after maybe a, a grandparent who's passed away or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But now that now people are tending to name them after living relatives because they miss them so much right now.
1: Oh. Isn't that sad? Well, my baby names are both. One, one that is that inspiring and hope-filled one mm-hmm. and one that is a relative name. So,
0: Oh, so you, know. you kind of fit into it. Absolutely. So you weren't one of those people that had like when you were 10 years old, you knew you were going to name your daughter. Uh, the thing I wanted to name my kid
1: at 10 years old is I, I, I remember it was like I met this cool girl yeah. when I was at the Phoenician... Resort in Palm Springs. I can remember exactly where it was. And I was like, man, she is so cool. And her name was Madison. I wouldn't name my kid. That would not be my choice of name now because it was like just not my choice. And now I want to to, um, uh, name my child after my grandma.
0: You made me think of something, though, because the name that I wanted to name my kid when I was little was because I met a cool girl... at the beach and I'm wondering if it's because we're on vacation like that it seemed even cooler and more exotic or something
1: yeah and I I can very much remember this being for me this being a vacation where I became very aware of my body and how I was chubbier that like I I just became very con like aware. I remember, oh my gosh, I can like remember a bathing suit I was in and posing for a picture and I'm like hunched over, like trying to cover up my stomach. I had nothing to worry about. I was a child <laughs> and nobody and for and there's no reason to worry, but I can remember thinking, wow, she's in a bikini and, and maybe it was like a vulnerability thing too. Mm. Like heightened vulnerability in that moment. And then somebody who looked confident and having so much fun. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I want to be like that. Wow. And, you know I'm gonna- who knows
0: where Madison is these now, but She's probably still super cool. Probably. I'm going to put up a thing on our Instagram and hear what other people wanted to name their kid like when they were little. Yeah. Cause was it so some funny? girl that you
1: thought was cool?
0: Right. Okay. Let's yeah. wind it down, Sarah.
1: Yeah. Good episode, Suze. You
0: taught me about peanut <laughs> Good butter. Good episode, Suze. High fives. Yeah. <laughs> High fives all around. We're rooting for Elizabeth Smart to keep on keeping on. Yep. We talked about
1: some uh, uh, goths and how maybe there's more to that, was that style. That was fun. I liked we, that conversation. Totally fun. Me too. That's why I told you. a Five stars. In
0: fact, <laughs> listeners, if, go, go give us a five-star My review. My two and, and- quotes of Sarah's from this episode that I'm taking with me were, if I'm not your cup of tea, then don't drink it and bring back Tuesday's sacrifice. <laughs> that was hilarious.
1: Oh, gosh. I'm sure somebody said that quote about cup of tea. My mom emailed me the other day, and she was like, all it said was T-shirt design. <laughs> and then underneath it was in the message, if, it, if common sense were so common, why doesn't everybody have it? And I was like, mm, I, I've heard that. You are correct 100%. <laughs> That that's is like on a couple. That that's on a couple coffee mugs. Like you're so <laughs> right, mom. But and she's like, yeah, yeah, make that. I'm like, yes, I that I totally agree. And so I'm sure it's the same with the uh, cup of tea one.
0: Um, we got the amazing visual of Sarah choking to death on, in a WWE <laughs> ring, <laughs> yes. which was extra special. Oh, and dream jobs just kind of don't exist. So let yeah. go of that idea. Yeah, just like
1: you know, we're all. Trying to make some meaning in this difficult time. This crazy
0: world. Yeah. Don't forget to leave us a five star review, everybody. All right. And see Bye. you next time. Bye.